Hey, spooky people. Welcome back to Dames of Doom. I am Liz. And I'm Meg. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. It's been another spooky week, and we got another spooky episode for you. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a doozy this week. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. We had a very spooky night last night. We went to go see Harry Potter. Yes. And the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, if, if we you have any international in listeners. <laughs> um, or yeah, I guess just international in general. But I always just mm-hmm. think Europe. That's what they call it. But um, we saw the first Harry Potter movie. Um, but all of the music was done by a live orchestra. And it was it was, it was truly magical. Cool. It, was, it was sweet. It was one of the coolest experiences I've ever been to. It was very surreal. Mm. Um, just hearing that score live, it was so good. They did a I great kept, job. Yeah. I kept forgetting that they were there. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, wait, no, this is live. <laughs> yeah. Cause they were that good. Like they were yeah, that they were in great. tune with the movie and like just doing the sound so well. It was like, well, yeah, it was cool watching the conductor. He had his special little pad to show him like when everything was happening. Yeah. In the movie. It was very cool. Yeah. And I, I saw that too. Like, being back in the theater environment for a movie like that, which the theater mm-hmm. is so much more fun. I love going to the movie theater like on premiere nights and things when it's yeah. all the people who really love the movie yes. or the books or whatever, and they're just like cheering and laughing and have it reactions. It was very much that. It was very much so that. It was, fun. Um, it was like watching Barbie in theaters or like Avengers yeah. Endgame where like the whole yes. theater is just like, wah, you know, yeah. In, so. We all time. were quoting the movie and laughing and being silly. It was it was great. It was so much yes. fun. It was um, fun. So I hope it felt you all very strange sorry. watching it. I was like, is this is it November? <laughs> is it December? <laughs> yeah, so I actually it haven't be Halloween seen or that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a very long time. So it was kind of fun to see it again like that. And same with Durham. Durham was like, I also haven't seen that one in a very long time. Oh, so sweet. something new, but um. So I hope y'all had a great week, weekend, wh- wherever you are in your, your week. Um, but <laughs> Whenever we you're gonna, listening to this. Yes, but we are going to grace you with a little bit of Kansas this week. Kansas. Kansas. And boy, is she sassy. Megan, have you ever At been to Kansas? At least in my story. Nope. And to be honest, uh-huh. I don't really. It's not it's something. Not high on the list. No. Uh, I'd be okay if I never went. And Fair you know enough. what? Maybe somebody will disagree with me and tell me I need to go. Sure. There you go. Tell us. But I've just never seen or heard anything about Kansas that makes me really mm-hmm. want to go. I drove through Kansas. I've driven all the way across Kansas three times and don't love it. So, but I've never stopped in Kansas except for gas. So maybe, maybe mm-hmm. that's my problem. I uh, just think I would get really bored of everything being so flat. And also, mm. I don't fuck with tornadoes, so no, 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 yeah, no way. So no, the thanks. windmills were fun watching all the windmills, but then after you reach like seven million windmills, it's not as fun. No, yeah, I get that. <sighs> but so, some people obviously want to go to Kansas, and they don't want to leave Kansas because they in a cult. Who are they? Yes, that's very true. Well, the cult this week does move around a lot, so I will <gasps> say that. But okay. their home base it was like for a good time in. Kansas. But okay, mm-hmm. first I have to preface this with I had a really tough decision to make when I came to making mm. this episode because I found out slash I don't know if I ever knew this or I just forgot or whatever. 
But the Westboro Baptist Church is originally from Kansas. <gasps> and I did no not know way. that. I didn't yes. know that. Mm-hmm. I thought they just came straight from hell. Well, probably. But technically, Kansas. Crawled their way Maybe up. Maybe hell is under Kansas. I don't know. Maybe. Um, pipeline. Yeah. So originally I was like, well, maybe I'll do that one. But I do think like most people would say that that's just like an extremist church. Uh, mm-hmm. You could see it either way. I just ended yeah, up saying, enough. you know what? Not going to do that one. Um, that can also, be a they'd bonus probably then. come for me. Join our Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah. They'd probably come for me if I tried to go for them. Let them. If they come but, pick it, I'll run them over with a golf cart. But I'm not even going to lie when I tell you the story I'm about to tell you is one of the craziest fucking stories. <gasps> I Like, I was truly gobsmacked. I have a lot of information to go through tonight. I have seven oh, pages shit. of notes. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to go get some so, popcorn. We should probably just get into this. But yeah, I did want to preface this with thought about Westboro, but decided not. This Mm -hmm. one might be just as crazy. Excellent. Before I really get into the meat of the story, I want to introduce you to the people within the story. Okay. Because there are a lot of them. There's a lot of names. And so myself, as I was reading this, got very confused. So I made us like a little cheat sheet. So first we have the cult leader, Daniel Perez. That's his god-given born name okay he also goes by lou castro and at another point he goes by joe venegas so So he just he just said like rebirth completely new name completely they like different names we've seen this before interesting but so that is the main like main cult leader person yeah we also have a lady named marilyn and we'll get to know her a little bit Okay. And her son and her daughter, Michelle. So Michelle and Marilyn together. Okay. okay. There's Trish Gomez and her husband, Brian Hughes. And they have a daughter named Nicole. Again, I'm just like laying this all out for you. But if we need to come You're back to this, we can. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because again, there's a lot of names. Trish, Brian, and their daughter, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. we know K.L., who um, I don't know their full name. I think it was hidden for privacy purposes. Yeah. But KL is actually a 15-year-old girl at the start of the story. Ah, shit. Then Mona Griffith, her 14-year-old daughter, Lindsay, and her son, Cody. And then eventually her husband, Jim. So Mona, Jim, Lindsay, and Cody. Okay. We have Jennifer and her daughters, Emily and Sarah. Jennifer eventually has a boyfriend named David Queering. I'm going to need you to just – you're going to – I need you to text me this and I'm going to put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Well, we'll, I'll – Or the Instagram. Facebook. What is going on? I'll break it down. But I just thought this would be best to like lay it out in the beginning and then we can refer back to it. Yeah. Then we have Megan Harbert, um, who is Daniel Perez's girlfriend at one point and they have a daughter named Angelica together. Okay. And then finally, Sherry Cox and her daughter, Cece, who's eight. So Cece Cox, lots of different names. Like, but all of these people are somehow involved with this cult or members okay. of this cult or okay. a leader of this cult. So anyways, okay. that's what we got laid out. Got it. So let's set the scene. Yes. It's Texas. Okay. It's the mid-90s. So okay. almost 30 oh, years recent. ago. recent. 
well, oh, yeah, Jesus. almost 30 years ago. Um, <sighs> so I guess you could consider that recent, Liz. Comparatively because, recent. Yeah, because oh, we're the other almost, like we're mid-90s, 60s, 70s. Yeah, we are. We're uh, almost 30. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so he, Danielle Perez. Rub it in. Daniel, Danielle. Sorry. Daniel. Danielle Perez. <laughs> Daniel Perez was living in Texas when he met a lady named Trish Gomez. Okay. Go Trish. They dated for a while. They ultimately decided, let's just stay friends. Okay. Mm, good choice, then, Trish. In April 1996, Perez ma- met a woman named Marilyn. Yeah. And she had a son and a 14 year old daughter, Michelle. So, Marilyn and Michelle. Mm hmm. Perez allowed Marilyn and her two children to stay with him for a few weeks um, as okay. Marilyn was getting ready to move to Amarillo. So probably one of those like, oh, we like ended our lease one place. We just need like a place to stay yeah, for a little while in before between. we move. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was during that time that Daniel oh, Perez God. forced Marilyn's daughter, Michelle, yep, who was 14, to have sex with him on several cool. occasions. So we're Jesus just getting Christ. right into this. Um and even after they moved, I guess he moved with them. Super this abuse continued. And this is going to be a, a reoccurring psychopath. theme. I'm warning you now that there is sexual uh sex crimes in this story, um, and murder. So just Oh shit. Got it. Putting that Strap out. Strap in. If you don't want to hear that, skip ahead. Don't listen to this episode, I guess. No, listen, but skip to the cryptid. Yeah, there you go. Um, then they eventually somehow the charges got pushed on Daniel Perez. I assume for the sex crimes against Michelle, yeah. the fourteen-year-old. Uh huh. Um, but the case was dismissed, and Perez was actually found dead in Mexico. So Daniel Perez was found dead in Mexico. Wait, okay. Wait, what? Yeah. So you're Wait. starting at the end. No, I'm not. I'm not. He was found dead, quote unquote. He they was found dead. I don't know, in Mexico. But what? he was not actually dead. He what? would state later that he just pled guilty to those charges that he had in uh Texas. He was given probation and then on his way to sentencing, he had been abducted by four uniformed men who beat him and left him for dead and he wasn't sure if he was dumped in Texas or Mexico. Man, I wish he was dead. I wish that those yeah. four uniformed men who totally actually existed yeah, they just killed him. Exactly. God damn it. So that's his story, but I don't know how the whole thing that he found he was found dead. I don't, no. probably one of his like probably Trish probably said that to get him out of like the charges he or got, whatever. You yeah, know? paid off somebody or something. Yeah. So I don't know do you if think he's I even could still want like, to go to work things? tomorrow if I'm found dead in Mexico. Mm-hmm. You're like, sorry, I'm calling mm-hmm. in sick from work. I've been found dead in Mexico. Go ahead and send yeah. me my four hundred one k in cash. Yeah, don't try to find me. No, it's fine. Just pay um, out my fifty dollars of savings, and I'll be on my way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but he claims that Trish found him after he was beaten, and uh, took him to some people that cared for him um, Trish, until he was able to, to recover. Yeah, Trish doesn't do that. Um, Trish, Trish likes this guy, I guess. Even um, though he raped her daughter, 
No, again, that was Marilyn. Marilyn and her daughter. Oh, Michelle. Trish was the first girl who friend zoned him. Trish, yes, get but she kind of they were friends. They were friends, so. Uh, um, uh, so that's Trish, the end I of Marilyn and Michelle. For you, okay. We don't hear from them again, so good. They're out. That's so good. it's just Trish and Daniel, and they moved to Corpus Christi, Texas, but okay. they didn't stay there long. By the summer of 1996, they moved to North Dakota. And just to okay. give you a, like a little reference, so uh, Daniel Perez is 46 at this time. So okay. in North Dakota, he met a 15-year-old girl named KL. Ah, great. Um, who he made believe that he was much younger than his actual age. And so, of course, they soon began a sexual relationship. Okay. How old? Or he began a sexual relationship with her. How old would he have to pretend to be to um... – I, I don't Okay, know. well, you know, 16, but would be the really the only answer that makes sense. But like 46 uh, yeah. to 36, you're still a creep. 46 to uh, 26, yeah. you're still a creep. I don't know yeah, what, yeah. like, 46 to 16, sure. I don't know. I mean, she was 15. So right. he could have said 25. Christ. You know, and also when I was 15, I also thought people that were 46 were like ancient, but they actually aren't. So, you know. I don't know. Disgusting. Whatever. But anyways, they had started a sexual relationship. And it was Stoller. during that relationship that Daniel Daniel Perez, oh my God, <laughs> um, convinced KL that he had oh. magical powers. <gasps> uh-huh, you got slay. a wizard. Harry, you're a wizard. <laughs> it all ties in. It all comes it's back. All- yes, you're a wizard, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. So he Fucking claimed, Daniel. you know, I can make it rain. I can Nuh-uh. also see somebody's past, present, and future lives oh and can God. communicate with, quote, the other side. Because, again, hell's in Kansas. So <laughs> I see dead people. I make it rain. And I know that in your last life, you were a goldfish. <laughs> what more do you want from me, KL? I'm a can you goddamn just imagine- Avenger. Can you just imagine being a 15-year-old starting a sexual relationship with someone that you – he probably lied that he was in, like, his 20s. So you think, oh, yeah. I'm dating this older guy. What's and then he's like, oh, wait. But, like, um, I know magic and I can see your present, past, and future and all yeah. this. And I would just be like – I think even at 15, I would be like, uh – You get the ick right there. Some mm-hmm. dude tells me that he can magically make it rain. I'm like – Ugh. Ick. Ghosted. Ooh. Ghosted. See ya. Yeah. Um, if you're going to tell me you have magic powers and are also a sexual predator, you ghosted. Yeah. But um, I guess it, it worked out sort of because mm-hmm. – well, sort of not. I don't know. Anyways, so three months into them having this relationship – um, law enforcement came to KL's home and arrested Daniel Perez. They said, hey, you're not dead. Yes, but they did deport him to Mexico. So he was why? deported. He was facing crimes in Texas. Don't know why. Um, because he is a United States citizen. What if, What charges was he facing in Mexico? He was literally facing charges in the no. United States of America in Texas. No, but like. I, no, but like you know how sometimes like if you're not a citizen, they'll just deport you. Like no, rather I'm, than I'm fully, if it's yes, that. but it's not even so like that's what I think happened. Oh my god! 
I know it's a lot. Because don't we have like treaties with other countries where it's like if I'm American citizen and I'm hiding there that extradite. Yes. But he's yes, not being but they, like I Okay. He's not being no, extradited. But he's just being, he's just being deported. What the yes. fuck? Yeah, they'll do that sometimes. Like they won't actually prosecute, like especially if it's I don't know, yes. if it's something Right, but he's an American citizen. I wish I could just he's deport a, American citizens for being stupid. That's the weird thing. I'm like when did they not check? <laughs> Are we sure he's an American citizen? He is an American citizen. Oh my god. Yes. Um, it's the 90s too. They had rudimentary Google. Come on. I, yeah, well, not they Google. Had, they had like they had enough ask, to figure out that ask he Ask Jeeves. He would tell you. <laughs> Go on Fucking Yahoo. Jeeves, man. Jeeves would have known. The original series. Jeeves. Yeah. The original series. Um so anyways, I don't know why that got mixed I, up, but he was a US citizen. Um and I don't know where he ended up going, but uh, he went somewhere. I guess maybe yeah. Mexico. Um, and Trish and him kind of stayed in contact. No, sorry. KL and oh, him God. stayed in contact where um, over parents? the next year. But she didn't know where he was living at the time. I'm assuming it was probably Mexico when he got deported. Whatever. But he did come back to Corpus Christi and he assumed a new identity. Great. Lou Castro. So we have well, at least name. we know why he changed his name. It wasn't just because Jesus told him to change it. It's because he's hiding no. from the fucking law. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We continue. So <laughs> Castro wasn't single for long. I guess he was staying in touch with KL, but like they weren't actually together. Like, I don't know exactly. He's trying. But he met a woman named Mona Griffith. Oh, Mona. She happened to live in the same apartment complex as him, you know? What a great meet you. Mex- uh-uh. Don't shit where you eat, girl. I agree, but whatever. Keep your apartment complex um, sacred. Mm-mm. So Daniel, Mona, or sorry, Lou. Lou Castro now. Lou and Mona. Lou and Mona and her 14-year-old daughter, oh, Lindsay, God. and son, Cody, moved in together. Uh the group didn't stay there long, though. And then within Good. a few months, they moved to Wichita, oh. Kansas. There we go. Kansas. Cody somehow managed to avoid all of this. I, I, I don't know how, but he ended up staying back with his father. I don't know Good why job, Lindsay, the daughter, did not stay with the father. Um, but that's extremely unfortunate. So, because yes, he, she should yeah, have. Cody because she is out just of all of his this. type. Um, and then KL eventually joined <gasps> them in Wichita. No. So it was, yes. So it was Trish, And Mona was KL. okay with his child bride coming to hang out with them? I guess. Mona. Mona. Mona, her son Lindsay, KL, and uh, Lou Castro. But KL only stayed for a couple of weeks before she returned to North Dakota to finish Good. school. Good job. Um, but it was after that that they actually moved to South Dakota. So they were hopping. Texas, Kansas, South Dakota. Jesus. It was there in South Dakota that Trish met a man named Brian that would soon her- be her husband. And um, Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Trish was with them too? Yes. She's following them. Trish, I guess she's going life, along girl. too. Yeah. So Trish... Um, was in South Dakota and met a guy named Brian. Okay. Um, while they were in South Dakota, this is where things start to get 
interesting. I mean, if they haven't already, I think it's pretty interesting so far, but uh, yeah. So in died. South Dakota, Castro, Trish, and Mona met with an insurance salesman. Oh, here we go. Mona took out a $750,000 policy life on her life. Policy? Wow. Naming Lindsay as her beneficiary mm-hmm. and Trish as Lindsay's caregiver. So just to remind you, what? Uh, Mona's Your creepy daughter boyfriend's Lindsay. best friend. Okay. Interesting. Yep. At least so, you didn't name him. That is one thing that you'll see. He's not usually named in these wow. things. Um, yeah. You sly dog. Yep. But tragedy soon struck <gasps> oh, Jim no. and Mona. The newly engaged couple, along with Mona's daughter, went missing when the plane they had been on disappeared. <gasps> Jim had a private private pilot's license. You know, Jim was Mona's husband and had taken them up one day never wait, to return. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, who's Jim? Jim is Mona's husband. The one that stayed got behind with the son? No, 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 no. Wait, the I son Mona- stayed behind. Mona was with See, Lou. See, this is why you're getting confused. Okay, stop. It's okay. Okay. I'm so confused. It's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of names. Okay. This is why yeah. I broke it down for us. Mona has two children. Yes. Lindsay, Cody. Cody yes. is yes. out. He's he's Cody, home with his father. Cody stayed with his father. Okay. He's not divorced. even in the Mom story anymore. Right. Yep. Neither is dad. Lindsay, Mona, Daniel Perez, whatever, with the rest of the group, moved to South Dakota or whatever. While in South Dakota, Trish met Brian and got yes, married. Correct. But right? when did Mona meet Joe? Who is Joe? I didn't say Joe. There's no Joe. That's the pilot. <laughs> you said Joe was the pilot. No, her husband. No. Jim. Jim. Okay, whatever. Who's Jim? When Wait, did she meet I'm Jim? Confused. I'm sorry. Who is Jim? I'm sorry. Oh, Trish and Brian are together. Jim and Mona are together. I apologize. Jim and Mona are married. Okay. They got married. <laughs> I thought Mona was with the cult leader. No, not anymore. See, again, this just changes. Oh, just go God. with me. Just go with okay, me. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out. So Joe is just Trish, some random person who happened to marry into this. Trish and Brian. Jim. Jim just happened to marry into this. Mona and Jim. Yep. Mm-hmm. In South Dakota. And then Dakota. Mona has a daughter, Lindsay, from yes, yes, yes. whatever previous And all three of them were in an airplane and they went missing. Yes. But not the cult leader. I thought the cult leader was the one yes. driving the airplane because I thought they were together, but he's not. No. Got it. Okay. I apologize. Ooh. Jim, I needed to, to be Mona's husband. Yeah, maybe you should. Um, <laughs> they went up in a plane and never okay. came back. Now, Trish okay. and uh, Lou Castro uh, attempted to cash in on Mona's yeah. life insurance policy that yeah. she just took out, right? But she but can't the be insurance company dead, right? But the insurance company would not give them the money until her body had been recovered. Idiots. But not to be deterred, Castro and Trish repeatedly visited the insurance agency while the search for the down plane continued. Scum. And eventually, the wreckage would be found and death certificates were issued for Mona Jim and they Mona's daughter wait. Lindsay. Ah, oh, Jesus! They couldn't even wait Trish for the was body. Eventually, to... Trish eventually got the money from okay. the life insurance policy. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, Trish. Now, 
this is not speculated in like my sources or whatever, but do we think that Custer maybe had a p- part in like the Oh plane yeah, he cut the fuel back. lines, he did something. I mean, cuz it was able to go up, but then it just never came yeah. back. Yeah. He like put sand in the gas tank or something. I've seen enough mm. bones whatever. He tampered with yeah. that plane 100%. Yeah. Well, bada bing, I guess bada we'll boom. never know. I don't know. But also, then, I don't really understand how they were able to collect on the life insurance policy when it went to the daughter. No, no, no. That- it went to the daughter, but then the daughter uh, – so Lindsay, the daughter, was the beneficiary, but Trish was also put on it and was said as Lindsay's caregiver because I think Lindsay right. was still underage. But if Lindsay so died too – Because Lindsay died interesting too, it went to Trish. She got the money. So she was Lindsay's beneficiary? Kind of. Fucking yes. weird. Like okay, she was like continue. the second – person whatever we haven't even i don't fucking established know i don't know how insurance yet. works no not really but funky shit's going on yeah um sus then we jump to the summer of 2001 okay so trish her let me check this trish husband brian brian, mm-hmm. brian um and they have a newborn daughter named nicole they moved Poor Nicole, with born Castro into a house of sin. and KL, oh, KL. to God damn Lee it. Summit, Missouri. And they all moved into a home that KL had purchased and it was in her name. About three okay. months after no this. No thought this was weird that like a 19-year-old bought a house for her and like seven other people. Okay. Missouri, I see you. I don't know. Um, They all – so they moved to Lee's Summit, Missouri for a little bit, but very quickly, like three months later, they moved back to Wichita, Kansas. And they actually bought some properties. So they bought a couple of townhomes that was going to be like their permanent housing. I guess they got $70,000 in 2001. So Yeah. But right around this time, guess who took out another life insurance policy? Oh, no. Who Trish. on? <gasps> Trish did. Trish it was one- didn't. Trish, no, baby. Yeah. A $1 million life insurance policy. <gasps> yep. I'm not even going to lie. My life is not worth $1 million. <laughs> if the life insurance policy, people let me take out a million dollar life insurance policy, that's on them. They're joking. Yeah. You're joking. You're joking. I'll die in Mexico and collect. <laughs> so Trish took out her $1 million uh, oh, life God. insurance policy and she named Brian, her husband, right? the beneficiary. But KL was the co-beneficiary for whatever reason. What does that reason. even mean? They split Like they both are beneficiaries. Each? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I'm not – She said, I don't fuck my daughter. Insurance. I don't I'll know. I'll give it to this random bitch. Well, they are having some cultish behaviors here. Yes. Um. Then on top of this little small group, Trish, Brian, KL, Lou Castro, we add Jennifer Hudson. Okay. okay not Hudson. 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 Okay. She was a real estate agent um, from Missouri, and she moved her two daughters, Emily, age 10, and Sarah, age 17, um, to the property that they lived in Kansas. Mm. Um, okay, so they're back in Kansas. Yeah, they but they went – they only stayed in Missouri for like three months, and then they moved right back to Wichita oh, and bought and some Kansas townhomes. is where they got the townhomes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Um, again, I'm telling you, this was a, this is a whirlwind and it's a lot to keep up with. I apologize, but it's a really crazy story. So I had Uh to share. Um, 
So Jennifer spent a lot of time with Castro because like of the whole real estate transactions and stuff that he was she was helping him with. Um, and she would end up divorcing her own husband <gasps> and again moving her and her two kids to oh, Kansas. Jesus. Okay. This man So he's got charisma on charisma on charisma. Mm-hmm. He's got that riz There's ever a man cute. with charisma and he's got it. Yeah, I guess. Jesus. These people did. Uh, they thought he did. They at thought least. so. Um, I mean, the bar is the floor, so, like, yeah, he just had to, like, so, tell them they looked pretty and take out the trash. And they were like, I'll leave my husband for you. <laughs> well, and take out a life insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> so Castro oh had gotten the girls, like, uh, Emily and Sarah, Jennifer's daughters, and the others to believe that he was over 100 years old and that oh, his God. body was often inhabited by three angels, Arthur, Daniel, and Amber, who was <laughs> the angel of death. Um, Trish, you know, his little friend Trish, would tell others that when he was young, Castro had died. And when he came back, he had these powers. Yeah, in So Mexico. she was eating this up. Oh, my then God. Then Emily and Sarah. Sir, it's called schizophrenia. Yeah, there's definitely something like that going on here. So Emily and Sarah, again, Jennifer's daughters, were young. They were impressionable. They're only like 10 and 17. They were believing what these adults were telling them. I mean, as you probably would. I probably would too if that's all. Like my mom is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the guy. He's here. He's 120 and he's also three angels. Yeah. And he can make it rain. Can make it rain. He can see your past, present, and future. Mm. Um, spring of 2002, the group uh, actually ends up purchasing three homes side by side. So I mean, honestly, compound. that's my dream. Buy yep. a house next to your house. Yep. We're going to so hold this up is... Taylor Swift, you belong with me, signs in the, in the window. Woo. She's going to say, wine, question mark. <laughs> Mine's going to say, yes, period. <laughs> period. Uh. So they moved to these houses. This is in Sedgwick County, Kansas. Hmm. And they decided to name their little compound Angel's Landing. Isn't that so sweet? So cute. Angel's so Landing. Cute. So sweet. I feel like I've heard of Angel's Landing before. Oh. I don't know if I've heard of it as this cult, but I've definitely heard Angel's Landing. Mm. Okay. Um, so they're they're all living together. Uh, that first house that they bought came with ten, 10 acres of land. Wow. And Trish was the one who purchased that. Okay. Jennifer, the real estate agent, she ended up buying buying the 10 acres next door and she built two homes on it. So that's where the three houses oh. came from. Um, and they also had, in addition to the houses, they had barn-like structures on the property. A and glory they had barn? A, unfortunately, no. Uh. Um, but that's where they house their multiple vehicles and Castro's large model airplane collections. <laughs> You're telling me that they moved 45 times in two years and he brought his model airplane collection with him every time they moved? <laughs> the oh angels are telling him to bring it. <laughs> Gotta get that Model T. That's part of their future. The past, you know, what? it's future. one of those angels. Um, Angel a- Amber, the god, the angel of death Death. she said i just love cars so much airplanes love them oh airplanes vehicles yeah well cars too they had lots of vehicles too um 
So they were living pretty extravagantly. I, I genuinely yeah. don't really understand besides the like life insurance policies where the money was coming from. But, to but have they were living dollars in the bank. Yeah, but you also have like eight people now. Yeah, true. So I mean, I don't know how expensive stuff is in Kansas, but I probably it probably wouldn't last that long. Mm-mm. Anyways, so they had a lot of money. And um, it was at Angel's Landing, so this little compound that they made, that Emily, who is Jennifer's daughter, the real estate agent, um, she moved into the master bedroom with Lou Castro. Excellent. They were sharing a bedroom. Super. That's not weird. We weren't disgusted. Uh, You should be now. Uh, She was 10 at the time. What the fuck? And I don't and her know mom how was her mother like, okay. was allowing this. Yeah, oh, I don't. My God. Uh, he had convinced the group that he needed someone, quote, pure to share his <gasps> bed with as he was a, quote, seer and needed a young female virgin to take care of him Ooh. or he would die. Good. Die. I hope well, he die. they're trying to help him out. I hope he dies. I hope he has a good life insurance Literally, policy and they just cash out and live their little happy lives. Literally, the all fuck? these people in his circle are like, all right, 10-year-old, there you go. I'm like, fucking virgin sacrifice. Oh, my this God. This is literally so fucking disgusting. I-, I was disgusted when I read this. Amber, the angel um, of death, is coming for your ass. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, then we go to January 2002. <sighs> okay. Castro had forced Wait, 2002? Emily. Yeah, 2002. January well, We were just in spring of 2002. Were we? Yeah. I don't think. Oh. By spring of 2002. Sorry. Whatever. January 2002. Okay. This is where we're okay. at. Okay. Sorry. There's um, a lot. My brain is trying to We're still really the same hard. year. <laughs> okay. I apologize. Um, Castro had basically forced Emily to perform sexual acts with him Super. multiple times. Great. He also forced her older sister, Sarah, to do the same things. Oh and God. then um, by 2007... Basically, it was confirmed that he had sexually assaulted, raped, all, all of the above, all three, like Emily, Sarah, and I guess KL. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Um, on two occasions, Castro threatened all the girls at gunpoint if they didn't comply with his commands. And he even threatened to kill Emily and Sarah's father, as well as KL, if, she didn't, if they didn't do what he wanted to. That's when you're sleeping next to this old man. Bam. Butter knife right to the heart. But can you imagine being 10 years old, no, being made to sleep not. with this person and do these horrible things? No. And your mom is there knowing all of this? Oh, well, actually, I don't it. know for sure that she knew, but come on. Oh, please. She knew. There's no fucking If you're way. sharing a bedroom with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, she's like 15, 16, 17, right? Because it started she's in 2002 and it went to, and she was 10. Yeah. And now it's well, 20, yeah. 2007. That's just, that's a flash forward. We're, we're still going to stay in this like 2002 era. But basically, mm. it was just by 2007, it was confirmed that it was, had continued up to that point. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is years, years of this shit. Hell. Um, just living in so, hell. The dynamic there at Angel's Landing was that, of course, Lou Castro was the leader, but his second in command was Trish, right? She had been around since like basically the beginning. 
And according to Emily and Sarah, Jennifer's daughters, Trish was like a second mother to them. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, she a was a terrible mother. Basically, both their moms are bad. Him, yeah, helping him get access to these young girls. Um, but then some shit goes down. Okay. June 2003. Castro tell and Trish told Emily that it was Trish's, quote, time to go. And that Trish had failed to, quote, cross over during an earlier accident. No idea what that means. What? Okay. Zero idea. Wait, but they're Trish, both telling Trish Emily was part this. of this saying that yes. it's time for her Trish to go? Trish and Castro both said it's time for me to go. Trish. To Emily, the, the young girl. Yes. Castro told Emily that Trish would be found dead by the pool after she fell and hit her head. He asked Emily if she would like to be there when it happened. What? She said, no, uh, I do yeah. not want to be there. She said, um, goodbye. Yeah, but um, don't worry because Castro told her that he would bend time so that she would not be there. But I, I don't know. He would bend time so that she would not have to be there or something like that. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Strange. What the fuck? How does he come up with this shit? What is he reading? What is he watching? Like, where are you coming up with this? This is genuinely I want to know. He's just riding the high um, of like mediocre white man narcissism. Well, I don't like, even know if this is a white man. I have zero idea. Mediocre man narcissism, where he's just like, I can tell, I can say whatever the fuck I want to say. Yeah. And somehow um, these people are believing him. I'm so disappointed in them. I know. Come on, girls. But unfortunately, I don't know how this happened. It was probably, you know, him controlling her once again. Um, Castro basically was like, no, Emily, like, you're going to be a part of this. So what's going to happen oh, is that um, Emily is going. No, too bad. Yeah, too bad. Um, so Emily is going to take Nicole, who's Trish and her husband's daughter, daughter. like baby daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily was going to take Nicole into the pool and pull her out and then call 911. What? She would tell the authorities that Nicole fell into the pool and then Trish slipped and drowned trying to get her. So basically this whole thing about how like she was going to take the baby. baby? Yeah, she's taking the baby and then Trish is going to fall into the pool or something like that. There's going to be this whole story about Trish falling into the pool trying to get the baby. Okay. Okay. Wait. So two weeks after just the start of the conversation, the plan, right? It starts going down. Okay. So I'm yelling. I just lost my place. I apologize. Uh so Okay. So Castro, two weeks after the initial conversation, Castro told Sarah, who's Emily's older sister, Mm -hmm. like the 17 year old. I'm going to meet you at a local car dealership, but go ahead without me. So basically to get her away from the house. Right. Okay? Go out without me. I'll be meet you there. When she was gone, he told Emily, take Nicole to the pool house and don't come out. Okay. Whatever. While Emily was in the pool house, she heard Trish scream and then a splash. Oh, my God. Castro got Emily out of the pool house and told her to wait. Until he met up with Sarah at the dealership to call 911. So she's just standing there and Trish is in the pool. She's like, has to wait. Oh, my God. Um, so Emily waited 20 minutes and finally called the paramedics. 
And when they arrived there, um, they saw Trish floating in the shallow end of the pool, but they believed Emily and what she had to say, you know, that Trish fell into the pool, hit her head and died trying to get the baby. Emily tried to get her out, but but they weren't able to. "Hmm." Looks like she, her cause of her time of death was 30 minutes ago. Not at this point. Maybe it was too short of a period to really tell. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know how easy it is to tell like, the no exact idea. time somebody died. I guess died. maybe water is, makes it difficult too. Yeah. Um, so Trish was only 26 years old when this oh happened. My, are you? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And remember, this guy's like 40-something. Right? No, he's like 50s now. And they've been friends um, for a long time. So they started becoming friends when they, when they were like two. 16. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. So she Trish. was pronounced dead and her cause of death was accidental drowning now remember this is like his second in command um there was an autopsy conducted and the coroner found that trish had blunt force injury to her head but of course based on the witness statements you know slipping and hitting her head that was not right surprising so it was ruled accidental august of 2003 trish's life insurance policy that she took out was paid out to her husband brian there you go. Soon after Four that, a couple of really nice, expensive cars start showing up at the compound, oh Angel's God. Landing. Um, before Trish died, they had oh, two Angel's Corvettes Landing and several is that SUVs. in Zion. Thank you. I figured it out. Oh, Anyways, okay. Continue. Interesting. Um, so before Trish died, they had a couple of vehicles. They had some SUVs and then they had two Corvettes. Uh, but over the years... Castro ended up spending upwards of a million and a half dollars on lavish vehicles for the groups. And all Small of the vehicles – listen to this. All of the vehicles had vanity plates. Guess what their vanity oh, plates said? God. Small dick energy? No, I wish. Tiny PP. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Angel 1, Angel oh, 2, no. Angel 3, <laughs> and so on. That's even worse. Oh my god! A million this man thinks that he's just Iron on man. cars. He thinks that he is Tony Stark. I hate him so much. Yeah, he thinks he's like Batman with Does all his nice cars and shit. We'll see. I'm not going to give that away yet. I just need to know that he's dead. Okay, continue. <sighs> but his extreme spending did not stop him. Um, you know, he would actually throw really lavish parties at the compound and invite the local police. Oh, you're welcome. Come on right. over. We're having a party. Sure. Don't 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 look over there though. Uh-huh. Uh, don't look don't, in the pool. Yes. Ignore the no, man don't behind look in the, the pool curtain. house. Yeah. Um, he actually also donated nineteen thousand dollars to the police department to give if them any a new man police vehicle. Starts donating money to the police force. That's when the police force should be looking extra hard into that man. I'm thinking I don't know exactly it where they are in like Kansas. Corruption. If this is like a small town, they probably need that car. So they're like, oh hell yeah. Corruption. What but can I think I say this was except- Castro's like way of basically being like, oh no, like keeping them close, but yes. like, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. You know, kind Isn't of thing. Ed like Gein, who was like besties with the cops. Oh, I don't know. Sure. The one that was like giant. I think it was Ed Gein. Where they're like, ah, it couldn't have been him. He's our buddy. We drink together. Yeah. Same vibe. Yeah. That's basically what I think is happening here. You know, he's trying to basically butter them up. Um, 
So they continued to live at the compound Angel's Landing after Trisha's death. Um, and around that same year that that happened, Jennifer, you know, who has the two daughters, started dating a name a guy named David Queering. Okay. He had actually joined the group in 2003, and he knew Brian, so Trisha's husband. They had okay. done work construction together. David ha- actually lost his wife and really didn't like being alone, so he moved in with the, quote, happy little group. Hmm, great. In 2004, uh, David and Jennifer started living together and they eventually got married. So we're adding like significant others like crazy to this group. It's like yeah. they'll start the – Remind like, me who Jennifer woman. is again. She's the real estate agent that has the two daughters that are being Okay, so this – Like The cult leader abused. keeps like bringing women in. Yes. And, and like, they usually have with them, daughters. But they stay they usually living have daughters. There? Yes, and they stay okay. living there, and they bring in whatever significant other they have. Okay, but at one point he dated Jennifer, correct? I think so. Yes. Okay, but then he moved on to the. To daughter, be honest, so she to was get, I'm honestly can't even really keep track of everyone he dated, but I feel like that was a pattern of behavior. He would bring in somebody to the group either by dating them or just maybe being friends. I don't fucking know. They would usually have a daughter that was you know teenage, and then mm-hmm. bring them in, Pre-teen, and then young teen, yeah. yeah. Nasty ass bitch. Um, yeah. In 2004, uh, Brian, who is Trisha's uh, husband, Jennifer, KL, and another woman, this is when Megan Harbert enters the story, all took out life insurance policies on themselves. Oh, great. Oh, yes. great. They're not like, so, mm, every single person who's taken out a life insurance policy near this man has died. Dead. Hmm. I and wonder what he that's gets about. New cars. Mm-hmm. Wow. I guess they're not putting two and two together, or maybe they are and they're okay with it. They're fine. That's they're what like, I think. I think they could to have be been. around you, Dr. Strange. I, I genuinely think that's where this was probably going. Um, but because Man. this is like so small, I don't know if we'll ever really understand like what exactly was like the motivation behind all of right. this. But anyways, um, they all took out life insurance policies and one thing to note is that Castro was – even though his name was not on these things, he was always present when the policies were created. And he directed to how like how they would take them, who would be the beneficiaries, yeah, so you know, all that master. stuff, whatever. He was never named a beneficiary on these or nice. named in yeah. any of the policies. Kept his hands so, clean. This new person that joined the group, Megan Harbert, was dating Castro at the time, and they mm-hmm. moved in together, and they eventually had a child, Angelica, oh, in God. December of okay. 2004. So Castro, Megan, and their daughter, Angelica, are now yes. in the mix. Then it was March 2nd, 2006. So we jumped like two years. Yep. Brian, Trisha's husband, yep. left Angel's Landing to visit South Dakota. I don't know why, but he wanted to go to South Dakota. Okay. With the baby? Or did well, he leave his daughter? No, he. I think he was – it was just by himself. Ah, sir. Castro – while he was gone, Castro told a friend that he didn't think Brian would be returning to the – because <gasps> remember, he can see like past, present, and future. Oh, right. So he doesn't think he's coming back. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, he would be right because mm-hmm. Brian was killed in what would be ruled an accident in South Dakota. His life insurance policy was paid out to KL, and oh my God. it is to – we should note that Brian was actually a diesel mechanic, and from everybody that knew him, he was very, very safety conscious. 
um, about working on vehicles. So it's very weird that he was uh, crushed to death under a vehicle when his jack slipped. AKA someone kicked it. Mm. I mean, maybe this guy does also, have Also, Penny looks powers. very stoic right now. Oh yes, God. she's zen she right now. She looks so cute. Love it. Um, yeah, so interesting. You know, they're all based in Kansas, but like, do you think Castro like went up there and did it himself? Or like, do no, you I think, think this was actually an accident? No. Like, how, wh- what do you think happened? Because sure like, either tampered. I, you know what? I bet he tampered with his equipment. Oh, I didn't think I about that. He tampered that. with the jack, and so it collapsed. or did some probably both. Probably messed with his jack, and then probably messed with his tires so that it would like fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet he fucked so, with the plane and made the plane go down. I bet he fucked with the car and the jack. Yeah, but I think this is like the first time in the story that we start hearing like people outside of this group started to get like a little suspicious about mm-hmm. this because they were like, "No, he was like really safe about cars. He was a diesel mechanic, right? Like it would he, be he really weird for him to die yeah. from." the jack not work you know whatever yeah um so years later um sarah jennifer's daughter actually thought that brian might have taken his own life due to him never getting over trish's death and that Hmm. castro's teachings on death um and crossing over also encouraged him to take his own life so basically like castro was telling him he should But I don't know. I feel like there had to be some tampering. Oh, 100%. With an accidental quote-unquote thing like that. It's like, yeah. I think that would be hard to set up as a suicide. I don't know. Well, also, what a freaking way to go. Yeah. um, I wouldn't want to be dead that way. No. On my bingo card of ways to die, being crushed by my car is not one of them. Nope. Um, Then... We go to August 2006. We add a new member, oh. Sherry Cox, Sherry. and her eight-year-old daughter, Cece. They Cece, began to no. visit Castro. Castro immediately took interest in Cece, and she would pose provocatively in a swimsuit, and he had pictures of that. No. He also had a camera in her bathroom to watch her change. What the fuck? This man is a fucking predator- pedophile just sicko freak i wish i truly wish he died in mexico what just a nasty 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 man wouldn't somehow, that have been so nice of this story honestly, just to end right there all these moms for I turning know. their daughters over to this sick fuck i know <sighs> disgusting he's fucking sick i wish i had the um, powers of past present and future so i could go back and just bitch slap this punk i know right he needs a good bitch slapping Bitch slap him right but into a pool. Maybe deck. justice will bitch slap him because right. Ron Goodwin, who was a Wichita narcotics detective, mm-hmm. started investigating Lou Castro. For narcotics? Um, this was about 2000. 2000- yes. Okay. Yes. So he started investigating them the year Trish died. And he was interested in Castro because he was obviously having these huge parties. He had a lot of money, mm. but like no one really knew where it was coming from. So right. he, He's like, you know, being a narcotics guy was like drugs. Yeah, right? that makes sense. Duh. Um, so he started doing some internet searching. He tried to find out who Lou Castro was, but could not find anything Hulu. about him. <laughs> yeah. 
But he did see an obituary for Mona, Jim, and Lindsay, you know, the the family that died in the plane accident. Yeah. So that was attached to Lou's name. Um, and he also – he so now basically he found out that Castro had a connection to four deaths at that time. In Goodwin's mind, the Angels landing area and the car's vanity plates and the angel designation that he had – he started thinking, okay, maybe less drugs and more cult, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. So mm-hmm. he was unable to find any record of Lou Castro when he was doing this search for him. Um, he couldn't even find a birth certificate, right? Well, we know because he changed his name. Correct. But he was, was able, he able to, to buy kind cars of- without a social security. Like, don't you need – He paid cash. Oh, Okay. Registration you don't have to show that a license. You need. I that mean, stuff. you can have fake documents. True. I guess you have that much money. That's it's not that hard to get stolen a fake identity. I mean, Lou Castro could be a real person. Yeah. I, you know that they just stole his identity. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. I'm not a criminal. <laughs> um, <laughs> heard it here, folks. Meg is not a criminal yet. <laughs> Do my background check. You won't one find more anything. straw break that camel's back, and Meg turns to a life of hard crime. <laughs> <laughs> we're all there i would never last i would never last um but so even though he was not unable to find anything about lou castro he was able to kind of like look into the finances of this group mm. and like determine what was really going on so he figured out every two two and a half years right mm. the balances would get really low in the bank account and then hmm somebody uh, died. someone would die yeah. And an insurance payout would replenish the accounts. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. How convenient. So right around this time, uh, we also know that Brian, you know, mm. Trisha's husband, had a $1.24 million life insurance policy. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. So when he died, his policies were paid out to the various people that he had been living with at Angels Landing. So mm. his stuff kind of went. So we're getting – we're going for 750000 a million, a million, 0.24. Like we're – I don't know who the frick is still giving him these, this money. I guess it's not tied to Castro though. So he was smart in that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Interesting. I am honestly surprised. Like this guy is kind of smart. Um, he knew not to put his name on stuff. So good job. Yeah. So this Detective Goodwin started theorizing that, you know, of course, I think I'm dealing with a cult here, but specifically, like, in order to afford this lifestyle, Castro is talking people into taking out these large life insurance Mm -hmm. policies and then indoctrinating them to kill themselves. That's basically what he thought. Um, But the issue was they didn't really have a crime yet. They didn't have any, like, physical proof that he had done any of these things. Right. Um, They just had suspicions. And so, like, they couldn't really press charges at that point. But one day, Detective Goodwin happened to come upon Castro driving down the road. And so he decided to follow him. Yeah. Okay. I like where this is going. Castro went into a restaurant to have a meal with someone and he decided to follow him. So he did. And when he left, Detective Goodwin collected Castro's water glass and silverware. (gasps) The hope was that they could get a fingerprint and finally find out who Lou Castro was. Yes. So I'm thinking, you know, this is like the early 2000s. Like, I didn't even realize that that whole thing about, you know, well, whatever you leave, we can take and 
Yeah. I, I just didn't realize that they were using that at that point. Oh, so, yeah. Or maybe this was new. I, I, I don't know. But I was like, that's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Good for you, Detective Goodwin. Um, unfortunately, though, the lab was unable to get a good print God off anything that they damn it. got. Yeah. Get it together. CSI um, would never. So unfortunately, you know, they weren't able to pin this guy down. But not even so, DNA. Did they not have the DNA testing from the database of like convicted people? Interesting. No, because I don't think he was ever actually put in a database or anything. Because remember, he evaded – I think he basically evaded those charges in Texas by being abducted okay, to so Mexico. He, was never- he came back, changed his name. So I don't know if he ever actually like got in- indicted or fingerprinted or any of that huh. shit. I really don't. Damn. Um, he didn't get booked. But unfortunately, this would lead to another member's death. Gosh. He okay. did it again. September 2008. <sighs> Detective Goodwin noticed that Jennifer Hudson, the realtor Jen. with the two daughters, yeah. was killed in a car accident. Oh, my God. According to reports, eyewitness statements report that there was no way that Jennifer didn't see she was heading straight into an oncoming truck. In Goodwin's mind, he believed that Lou Castro had influenced Jennifer to commit suicide. To kill herself. Oh, my God. This is And psychic. that this was about two and a half years after Brian's death. So and right so their time. bank accounts were low again. And Jennifer died leaving behind a million-dollar policy. A million dollars in two years. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine having a million dollars. So let alone going through it in two, in years. two years. Yeah. Wow. So, unfortunately, he was able to do it again, and they got another million dollars. But um, Detective Goodwin was not giving up. I give it to mm. this man. He was not giving Get up. It, sir. He was like, I know I'm narcotics, but that this guy's win. sketch. So, good job, Goodwin. So, he decided to try to get his fingerprints again. So, he and another detective showed up, actually, at the compound, Angel's Landing. They mm-hmm. took some photographs of some, like, fake suspects or whatever and they just asked lou can you look at them tell me if you've seen any of them around these you know whatever sticky (coughs) photographs yeah so lou put the um castro like put out the photos on a table but he used his fingernail to move them around like he knew what the detective was trying to do yeah what a sneaky so rather than put his finger on it his fingernail. So after that, Castro started getting nervous. He mm-hmm. told Sarah, you know, Jennifer's daughter, that they were out to get him. Mm-hmm. So Lou started t- to go look at houses in the Tennessee. He was like, we got to get out. Yeah. But um, at this time, also another really sad thing is that Castro had kind of caused a wedge between Sarah and her sister, mm-hmm. Emily. Mm-hmm. And then um, – KL had initially stayed behind with Emily and Nicole, which was Trish's daughter, mm-hmm. so that they could finish up school. But then eventually they all moved to Tennessee in the June, in June of 2009. No. Yeah. Um, so Emily's sister, uh, Sarah, did actually – she did ac- didn't actually move with the group. Um, okay. She started to live outside well, of Angel's Landing on her own. She was started, right? She was the older one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she moved out and she was about 24. At this time. So okay. she lived on her own. Good she job, was outside girl. of the Angels. You know, her mom has passed. She started dating a guy named Daniel McGrath. Okay. So um, 
as they started to like get to know each other better, started dating more, you know, she started to open up more about, you know, the multiple deaths in the group and, um, you know, their expectation that they serve Castro. But more importantly, that the group was financially like supported by these insurance payouts. She also told him about the sexual abuse mm. that she had endured from ages 17 until she was 24, which she was 24 when she met Daniel. Yeah. So um it continued for a very long time so daniel was like fuck this i'm going to the fbi he went straight to the big guns he was like january 2010 hell yeah fbi let's go Mm -hmm. that's correct me for one moment this story is so long my throat is getting dry Mm -hmm. but isn't it interesting i'm i was like so intrigued i feel like this is an episode of dateline I do think it was an episode on Dateline. I'm not even kidding. Excellent. I think it was. Um, I'm going to have to find so, it. Uh, so he reported to this to the FBI. So Slay. then John Sullivan, who was with the FBI, and Detective Goodwin actually mm-hmm. joined in on this. And they interviewed Daniel and uh, you know wrote down a statement or whatever. So John Sullivan with the FBI actually had been investigating Castro since 2007. Oh, okay. Um, So through his investigation up until that time, along with Daniel's tip, they found out that Castro had assumed a new identity. No way. Joe Venegas. Yes. Joe Venegas. And he was living in Columbia, Tennessee. Okay. With his new name, investigators were able to see that Joe Venegas had opened a new bank account in Tennessee, and they looked at bank surveillance tapes and saw him on film and basically had him on film committing bank fraud. Right, right. So they had something to go on, right? Yes. They actually – because in the past, they only had suspicions. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any physical proof. Suspicions, man. So April 21st, 2010, a okay. search warrant was executed for Venegas's Tennessee residence. Okay. And um, they were getting close to that two and a half year mark. So they needed to yeah. go. Yep. Time's a ticking. They discovered 11 firearms, two wallets that contained identification for Lou Castro and Joe Venegas, <gasps> okay. along with a social security card and birth certificate for Joe Venegas. So he was getting falsified documents wow. from somewhere. Oh, okay. He had someone really Castro slash Venegas was taken into custody that day. Photoshop. Okay. And only after formally fingerprinting him did they believe he was actually Dan- Daniel Perez. So he was wow. fingerprinted at some point. Yep. So they found out this is actually Daniel Perez. Oh, my Perez. gosh. Okay. So at that time, he was sentenced to two years in jail, which that's nothing. Baby. Mm-hmm. For aggravated identity theft and social security fraud, which I don't know what aggravated identity theft is. What Couldn't is that? Tell they didn't just steal your identity. They also it's opened up like seventeen like, bank accounts and bought cars in your name. I have no like, idea. Uh, yeah, that's weird wording. Um, but they continued their investigation, and this continued on until March two thousand eleven. So they okay. started in- interviewing people like Sarah and Emily, and they told them about the abuse that they had suffered from Lou Castro. Um, Emily, you know, the one that was involved kind of with mm. Trish's drowning also told them about that. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being enough to put Castro away. Hell yeah. So September Goodbye. 11th, 2011, okay. he was charged with Sedgwick in Sedgwick County, Kansas, with one count of first degree murder for Trisha's death, 10 counts of rape. 
10 counts of aggravated criminal sodomy, three counts of aggravated assault, 11 counts of making false information, and one count of criminal threats. Goodbye. However, oh, God damn it. by the time Perez's trial rolled around, the charges had been amended to one count of first degree premeditated murder, one count of expo- sexual exploitation of a child, eight counts of rape, seven counts of aggravated criminal sodomy, three counts of aggravated sexual assault, and eight counts of making false information. So okay. they were modified, but like still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they got a lot of stuff be enough for there. him to never get out of prison. We can only hope. Mm. So the trial took place in February 2015, and they brought in a lot of witnesses. So, Damn. Um, and they actually testified for the prosecution. So we had Daniel, mm. KL, mm. Emily, Cody, remember the yeah. son that was originally uh-huh. back with us? Michelle, Marilyn, David, Megan. So his cult Sarah. members all turned on him? Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. way. Cece, wow. they were all there. They all went work. The witnesses testified to the group's transient movements over a 15-year period that included a number of states, as we already know. They also testified to the ongoing sexual violence by Daniel Perez in the deaths of six people connected to the group. So that would be Mona, Lindsay, Jim, Trisha, Jennifer, and Brian. The various group members would tell the jury about the control that Perez slash Castro had over the group. And Emily testified as to what happened on the day that Trish drowned. Trisha's death was the only one that Daniel Daniel Perez could actually stand ground like the mm-hmm. or stood mm-hmm. trial for because yeah, the only thing like that he was accidents. like directly connected to via witnesses, yeah. right? And also, they did have insurance agents and car salespersons testify. <laughs> nice. So they had everybody. So, so this, this was like big thing. If you were in the jury on this, you had to call out of work for nine months. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of testimony. Uh, Sarah would later on state that Lou Castro told her he had to, quote, fix her so that she could be able to get married and have babies someday. Oh, great. The fix her part mm. of his plan was to have sex with her oh, cool. on an ongoing basis. And Thanks he would so tell much. her if she told anybody that he would kill her dad. Super. And, of course, in Sarah's mind, she's a child. Yeah. She would do anything mm-hmm. to protect her dad. So she kept quiet of the abuse. This is like that abducted in plain sight where the guy told yes. her that they were aliens, yes. but if she said anything, then her family would die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so sad. Oh, my God. That was one of the craziest things um, I've ever seen in my life. Yes. She also disclosed that one day Lou had sat her and her sister Emily down and told them that it was time for their mother to die. Cool. Remember their mom was uh, Jennifer, yep, the, the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Sarah had gone to her mom to tell her what Lou had said, but Jennifer told her, don't worry about it. She had no cause to worry. And that's Mm. when she died in that car accident. Yep. So Daniel Perez actually testified in his own defense, along with three other witnesses. But all right. Three. He claimed he wasn't even home on the day that Trish (laughs) Hughes died or drowned. How could I have done it? Well, remember, because he set up yep. the whole thing about, I'm going to meet you at the car, car dealership. dealership. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the stand, he denied having any sort of magical powers and contended that the sex was always consensual. Sir, I'm with sorry, a 10-year-old? But sex with minors is never, never consensual. consensual. You dumb so, fuck. Hold up. Get wrecked. Um, 
And of course, he just started putting blame on other people. Hmm. So as for those crimes that he had in Texas, he had pleaded guilty to. He admits he never served any time for those. So he never actually served any time for the ones. Remember when he was like, oh, my God. God well, I hope he does end up now. living over 100 years so that he can just be in prison forever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. On the stand, he said, oh, well, you know that beating that I had in Mexico? Well, I've had amnesia for years because of that. Oh, poor baby. Oh, my God. I'm fucking sick of this shit. Yeah. Amnesia shit. Um, He claimed upon a cross-examination by the the district attorney that he had no idea where the money came from that paid for his lifestyle. What? And he claimed that the women of the group held the money and had the final say in all matters. So he was trying to turn this on the women. He was going to that life insurance agency – to get that plane money yeah, like but daily. To be fair, his name was never on that shit. Yeah, but he was like, but his he name was, there was on the bank accounts. Mm. His name was on the bank accounts. So I think that's probably where they got him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just because you were there doesn't mean. Yeah, but you say know. that you don't know where it's coming from and you are going to the life insurance no, office. I mean, he's daily. obviously lying. No, absolutely, but what I'm saying is. How are you even going to say that you don't know where it comes from if you're yeah. in that office nonstop? Well, my thing is, is his name's on the bank account where the money is. Yeah. That's. You don't work. There you go. Where do you have these millions? You idiot. So Daniel Perez was convicted on all counts and sentenced to two life terms with a consecutive sentence of 80 years. Excellent. And he is currently being housed at the Lansing Correctional Facility. Bye. And that's where the story ends. I hope you have a horrible time. So. Wow. What a story. What is true? What is what a journey that you have taken me on? I feel like my brain is exhausted. I but yes, that was very I fascinating. That. I right? this is a very different just, episode than usual. Yeah, I sure. wanted to tr- like talk about I just couldn't not tell you all the story because when I heard this, I was like, how have I never heard about this? Because mm. this wasn't even that long ago. No. This was like 10, 11 years ago. Right. And I yeah, I've just never heard of this kind of cult or anything like this. And it, I mean, like, I guess some people would maybe say it's not a cult, but I think it's very clear that it was. Yeah, we just don't know the true intricate. Oh, what were their beliefs? And we know a little bit, but not as much as we have. Yeah, I mean, he literally convinced people to kill themselves. So I think, yeah, which is just honestly they all lived together. So crazy to me. Yeah, that somebody can have that much power over people like yes so um oh my god yeah i i'm glad that all of the people that were wronged by him that were in you know that ended up dying because of him that were sexually abused by him i'm so glad they all got justice they all got justice except for thank god for that the six they can get justice in the afterlife well, yeah. I mean, but the, like, at least he is in prison for his wrongdoings. That's what basically where I'm going with that, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I hate when they don't end up dead or in prison. So thank you. I'm satisfied. Exactly. I am content. Yes. But, there you go. Oh, man. See, so it was a long story, but it I ended up pay restitution to those note. girls. I have no idea. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. Did. <sighs> Speaking they of more than that fucking snakes mm. you ready mm-hmm. to talk about the mysterious monster of inman link 
Inman. Inman Lake. Inman. AKA. Inman? Or Inman. Inman. I don't know. I-N-M-A-N. So say it however you want. But Sinkhole Sam is who we're talking about today. So Sinkhole Sam. That. He. Sinkhole Sam. They. They're a large aquatic animal that resembles a giant worm or snake. I've also seen it be compared to an eel. So just. Oh, I I hate animals without legs. Well, sorry, Sam, because he has none. Hmm. He's reported it's, I don't know. Sorry. He's reported to be about 15 feet long. (laughs) And how, how like wide would you imagine him to be? If you had to, if you had to think about how wide this giant snake would be, what, what would you compare it to? I don't know, like a, like two feet wide, okay. pretty wide. Well, what I've seen is that he's, it's said that he is as round as an automobile tire, which I don't really understand why the that's- The inner part or I the outer I part? I don't know. I don't hmm. know, but I'm just imagining that he's thick, like two C's. <laughs> like he's double caked up. Thick, like he- Double caked up, long, 100%. He's not- Long and skinny. He's he's long and chunky. He's girthy. Yeah, he's a girthy boy. So I'm I don't know I don't know if it's like the whole tire. So he's yeah, like two feet across. I don't know. But it's big. Okay. Wow. I, yeah. And he's living in a sinkhole? Yeah. Slay. Whoa. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be on a new H T V episode. So it's got dark brown or black scales and like smooth ew. skin. I, ooh. Mm-hmm. And some witnesses have described it as having a mouthful of teeth, but others have said it has no visible features at all. So maybe a face? Maybe no Nothing, face. Nothing. No features, no eyes. Nope. Ears. Nope. Maybe just like a worm creature like from Star Wars. Or maybe a snake. I don't know. I don't like either of those. No. Either way. Those both sound horrible. It. I wouldn't want to meet Sam. 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 Ugh. Mm-mm. I don't think I'm liking this one so far. No, he's kind of a gross creature. It also snake doesn't one. help that I saw a snake while we were on our walk today. Oh, it was no. a baby snake. It was a tiny baby. We saved it. <gasps> I will job. say I braved my fear. We saved it and we got it off the path. Oh, good job. So you're welcome. I'm proud of you. I, I helped snake your hero. friend to sinkhole Sam, so don't eat me. Don't eat me. Yep. I am a friend to snakes. Please be a friend to me. Mm-hmm. So I know you're asking. You're like, where does sinkhole Sam live? A sinkhole. Of course. A sinkhole. <laughs> yeah. Um, sinkhole Sam, so he's believed to inhabit part of – Thank you for confirming Lake my, my That's connected thought. to an underground cavern system. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like a cenote. I've been to one of those. Hey. So Inman Lake is one of the few natural lakes in Kansas, which was once covered by streams, lakes, and rivers before they were dried up by human activities in the early 1900s. So, so like humans, full. yeah, humans fucked up Kansas, and there used to be like rivers, lakes, and streams, and now it's just fucking dry as shit. So humans are why Kansas sucks. Yeah, I, I see that. Oh now. yeah, got it. Oh yeah, we got the Lou Castros of the world mm-hmm. in Kansas, so mm-hmm. ruining sense. everything. So the sink- sorry if you're from Kansas, by the way, you're probably not going to like this well, one, this episode. You know what? Stop drying up these lakes and rivers. Bring back some natural ecosystems, please. Anyways, so the sinkhole is a trees. deep depression Arbor in Day. this lake that was formed by the collapse of one of those limestone formations. So it's the lake. 
all the caverns underneath. Okay. One of the caves collapsed, and so it's just like an extra deep section oh. of this lake. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Imagine being no, no, in no, there. No. It's about it sixty feet deep. Well, no one's going under these caves. Like the lake Whoa, is in the sixty caves. feet. Yeah. I yeah. see. People I see. Well, okay. maybe they are, okay. but people shouldn't be in these. If you're out spelunking in these caves <laughs> and it collapses on you, karma is a cat. You know, like just don't do it. Stay above ground. You know what? That's funny because that's Taylor Swift and she dates a guy on the Kansas City Chiefs. Full circle. There you go. Full circle. There you go. There's your Taylor Swift moment of the week. Check. There you go. Okay. So it's this sinkhole is about 60 feet deep and 200 feet wide. So his home has pretty good square footage. Yeah. Slay. Slay 60 feet deep. Damn. Mm -hmm. And um. I'm so sorry for people who speak whatever the fuck language this is, but the sinkhole is also known as the Fupengurkle. I don't know <laughs> if I said that right, but I think I did. The hoopa what? The Fupengurkle. But there's oh, no- the foop. I can't- The foop and The foop and gurkle, but I cannot find any explanation of what that means. How is it spelled? F-O-O-P-E-N-G-E-R-K-L-E. And I have a feeling that that will be the episode title today. I feel like somebody made that up as a joke and it just Probably. happened to stick. It doesn't – yeah. It's, they're like, that sounds fun. Let's do it. All right. So I'm sure you're wondering – The foop and gurgle. Where did Sinkle Sam come from? How do we know he's the there? The foop and gurgle. Who saw him? What happened? Oh, I see. Was he – is he an alien? Did he come hmm. up from hell with this cult leader in Kansas? <laughs> Let me tell you. All right. Hmm. So, Sam, sightings of Sam date back to the 50s. The first known account of seeing Sam was in 1952 when two dudes were out fishing at the lake. There's a lot of dudes fishing who've seen creepy shit. That's a common occurrence for us. Yep. yep, You're out fishing, you're bored, you see some weird stuff. It's always two men. Two Two men. men. They're like, waiting for the guns to come out. We're not gay lovers. It was a snake. We saw a snake. (laughs) Diversion, diversion. We weren't, we weren't kissing in the boat. <laughs> so these two men, they saw the creature emerge from the water and swim around their boat. They oh described God. it as being about twelve feet long and having a diameter of eighteen inches. So, okay, you know, almost two feet. Yeah, a big old automobile tire. And they said it made a hissing noise and splashed water on them before it dove back into the depths. Wow. So Sam just said. And then swam away. And they were like, Okay. Yeah. He didn't see them as worthy opponents. No, clearly. Following this incident, more people came forward with their own sightings of Sam. So two people, Albert and George. It always starts with one person and then like a million other people are like, oh my God, I saw that too. too. Yep. It's just a, a shared psychosis. Albert and George, who are two farmers that live near the lake, they said they saw the creature mm. several times in the 50s as well, and that it was about right. 15 feet long and as thick as a car tire, so that's where it came from right there. And they're the ones yeah. that said it had a mouthful of sharp teeth, but also a pointy tail, so I don't know. Maybe no face, All maybe right. a face. But the most famous Probably not a sighting face. of Sinkhole Sam occurred on November 23rd, 1952, when a group of hunters, men with guns, Spotted mm. the creature on the shore of the there lake. There it is. Why was it on the Take shore? I don't know. It has no legs, but it was on the shore. 
They said it was laying oh. on the ground, partially covered by weeds. Okay. They, it, was, it was it was pulling a pita malark. It was. It said, maybe <laughs> if I cover myself in icing, they won't see me. They'll never see me. No. If I close my right eyes, in. you can't see me. <laughs> so they approached it cautiously, thinking it was a dead animal. It's like you see this giant fucking snake okay. and you're like, I'm going to go check it out. But it, they yeah, were no. shocked when it suddenly moved and went into the water. Like, you dummy. Oh, you didn't even fight him. No, I know. They said this Come on, this call Sam. They said it was about 20 feet long and had a diameter of 24 inches. So Sinkhole Sam. Mm. Maybe he just maybe ate. it's a family. Maybe that's yeah, Daddy Sam. Or maybe he just and ate. And we also had Baby you know. Sam and Mama Sam. He's got a little bloat, you know. We 20 don't feet judge. long, though. He went from. 12 feet to 15 feet to 20 feet well i also don't believe that these people are probably good at judging distances yeah, he's moving. Um, that's correct so it's not that it's not like somebody said he was 50 and somebody said 10 that's they're yeah. saying around the same that's true that's true um they're the ones i that think said he just ate a no lot eyes, that day no ears no nose but a big mouth but no teeth so just a big old gaping mouth so that's giving like a creepy worm from Star Wars, but yeah, some kind of extra extraterrestrial yep, yep, yep. creature. I don't know. Definitely dinosaur-like. Yeah. So, really, all the sightings of Sinkhole Sam happened within two years in the fifties. So, oh, the sightings have decreased okay. over the years, and so some people are like, "He's dead," you know. But some people Not still Sam. believe that he's alive and just waiting for the right moment to show himself. Oh, come on, Sam. Sam said, I came up three times and I saw a bunch of aggressive men killing and animals. were coming for me. Killing fish, I wouldn't want to come back either. I'm staying below. Yep. So he's yeah. just like hanging out in his little underground caves, vibing, doing his thing. You know? Mm-hmm. It's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Just some stay people, down there. Yeah. Yep. So some people think that Sam is part of a species of prehistoric creature that survived in the flooded caverns beneath Kansas. So they're Dinosaur. just like going there you all go. around. I was. I might be right. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. And because there's all these big caverns and everything underneath Kansas, who knew Kansas was just full of limestone caverns? Caverny. Yeah. That because there have been several reports of other creatures in other locations in Kansas, like Kingman State Lake, where a large snake-like animal has been seen several times since the early Hmm. 1900s, some people think that it's the same guy just swimming around from cavern to cavern, from lake to lake. He's on his little expressway. He's popping up. So maybe it's a whole species or maybe it's just one popping up. Hmm. Maybe it's just one. He's got his own little byway. Get around. You gotta, you gotta go see different things. You gotta see the world. Yeah, caverns under canvas, Kansas, not canvas. I don't know why it's canvas. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's getting late. Yeah, yeah. So this creature, he's not really that interesting. He's like the most interesting one I could find in Kansas that wasn't the Wind- Wendago, Wendigo that I'm not covering. Fuck that. Those things scare the shit out of me. I'm not talking about. I've never. Them. Wait, I don't even know what that is. They're the I'm like have to Google that after this. Shifters from indigenous cultures. They're scary as hell, and I will not. Oh, mm-mm. we're not talking about them on this. Po- we're on not this fucking podcast. with that. No, because apparently, if you like, they're one of those things where if you talk about it, like bad stuff happens. So we're not going there. Oh. 
That was yeah, like the biggest one I could find. It. So we're going with this guy because Sinkhole. Sorry, Sam, you're second best. I can, best, resi- but- I can resonate with Sinkhole. And, you know, I'm an introvert too. So yeah. he said, I'll give the, you, I'll give the, uh, the, the people on land three strikes, uh, three strikes and you're out. He said, darling, it's and better down where it's wetter. I'm not, I tried it. Strike one, strike two, strike three. Goodbye forever. He did give them plenty of chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think? What do you wow. think Sinkhole Sam is? I mean, I don't know. I think it could be, you know, another prehistoric creature that, you know, maybe he isn't alive anymore. I don't know. Maybe he was ex- he's become extinct. But um the thought of him uh is quite terrifying to me. Like I said, I hate mm-hmm. armless legless creatures that mm-hmm. can't go on land. That freaks me out. And especially ones that may or may not have any facial features besides a mouth. So gross. That's truly terrifying. I don't so like it. So I don't it. think I ever want to meet Sinkhole Sam. No. But, um, you know, I hope he's doing well. Yeah. I wish th- wish him nothing but the best. This is why I don't mess yeah. around in lakes. Lakes are really scary. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a lake person. Uh, I don't really I'm like really the ocean either. not really a body of water person. No. But – Pool. You know. I know pools can be nasty, but I'm a pool. I like to see the bottom. Person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think really so. at the end of the day, Sinkhole Sam is probably just a classic case of men exaggerating length. Um, mm. And shit's just a snake. Totally. <laughs> totally. They lied about length and girth this they did. time. So. They did. They love to exaggerate. <laughs> Those two guys just needed an excuse for why they were out, quote unquote, quote fishing unquote, together. Fishing. <laughs> So that's when they created Sinkhole Sam. They're like, no, babe, I got to go look for Sinkhole Sam again. Yeah. The giant snake. Wink, wink. Protect you from Sinkhole Sam. If I'm going to – I want there to be a drag queen named Sinkhole Sam. Well, maybe I will maybe you'll be, do drag you could be as a drag Sinkhole queen Sam. named Sinkhole Sam. Just a giant, giant go. snake. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyways, excellent. What a fun one. Maybe next week the cryptid will be a little more bananas bizarre. We've had some like kind of weird ones lately. This one I think is I'm just okay a with giant the weird. snake, but kind of a cultural icon for Kansas. Who knew? I don't know why I, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for Sam, um, whereas some of these past ones I don't. But he didn't do anything to nobody. No. You know? No. He was just vibing. So he just he was did what just he wanted living, to do. He's kind of like vibing. the Altamahaha. Who's just like swimming yeah. around and people are like, you're weird. He said, please, can I live? Damn. And it's always men. It's always the it's men. It's always the men. Yeah, at least they didn't have – well, just they had kidding. guns, but they didn't try and shoot it this time. So like small miracle. That's true. This is the first time in a long time. That, that Take was a drink. nice of them. Nothing was shot at today. <laughs> Nothing. They probably wanted to though. They, so. they did. They were like, oh, man, so I want to stuff shot? that. Put it on my wall. <laughs> Take half a shot because they wanted to. The intention was there, <laughs> but they didn't carry through. Take a shot for intention, two shots for follow through. <laughs> yeah, incredible. All oh. right. Well, well, as always, that was um an interesting episode. It was. Um, thanks for hanging in there with me, everyone. As I told you that crazy story. Hopefully, you followed it. 
Um, and there. Liz will put down the breakdown of I'm everybody. That, yep, the Instagram page. In the Instagram, be, I think that's a great four idea. Four slides this week. <gasps> there you go. An extra slide just for that little family tree. Yes, the little weird family tree. Oh my god, a list of names. It will be helpful. Um, <sighs> yes. And yeah, if you want to see those, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Dames of Doom, not Dames of Doom Pod, Dames of Doom. No pod. And follow us on TikTok yeah. if you like saying silly shit. Follow us. That is at Dames of Doom Pod. Mm. So mm-hmm. see you there. Find us. Follow All right. us. We love you. Happy love whatever you. day you're listening to this. Peace out. Stay spooky. Bye.